in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he that gathered much did not have too much, and he that gathered little did not have too little. This is the word of the Lord. What would the richest person in the world give to this church? What if today uh, I opened a letter that Warren Buffett sent and it was $5 million check? Would you be impressed? I would. I'm saying, you type what? Why didn't you write more? But could Warren Buffett give us a $5 million check and be like your $500 check? Sure. Maybe Bill Gates get us in his foundation. How many billions is that foundation worth? You know, money's not a, the problem. Sometimes I've seen people, as resources grow, tight-fistedness grows, stinginess. Not necessarily. The largest gifts we've ever had given this church were given last year, given by people of means and people who greatly love the Lord. Thank you. That's the challenge of our second year. We don't start the year with that quarter of a million dollar gift. That's why we for sure met the goal last year. We just need another big check to help us. You've been giving wonderfully week after week, but that big check is what really gave the momentum. Uh, we need about one of those every year. How, uh, have you ever consulted the giving of the richest person in all the world? We have the record of his giving. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What grace are you talking about? The grace of giving. That though he was rich, how rich? When you're walking on gold for streets, when you've got angelic beings waiting on you hand and foot, when you're sitting on a throne that looks like Ezekiel 1 and 2, so many onyx, sapphires, diamonds, pearls, 
I mean, you can't even get the vision of Ezekiel when he's describing the throne room, spirit beings flying all around. Uh, Revelation, they're saying, uh, holy, holy is the Lamb. Here you've got the Lord Jesus, the creator of the universe. He and the Father created all matter, everything. He's pre-Darwin. He's pre-science. He's pre all the way back. He created everything. He told Haggai, tell those people that have put their houses before my house, all the gold and all the silver is mine. I am the richest being in all the universe. Well, Jesus cut us a check. He said, I will. He said, though he was rich, yet for you he became poor. How poor did Jesus get? He never owned a stick of deodorant, never owned a toothbrush in his life, never had a shower in his life, never had a heated house in his life, never knew what air conditioning was. Uh, he, if you're ashamed of poor parents, his mom and dad were so poor that when Mary had her purification, she had to get a poor man's offering of two turtle doves. They couldn't bring a lamb. They couldn't bring a bullock. They were too poor. Joseph lived in one of the poorest regions of all of Palestine, up in the north by, by Galilee. And Galilee is where all the rowdy Gentiles, the red light district, and many times Roman garrisons were stationed in the north of Galilee by Capernaum. Nazareth. He grew up in a ghetto neighborhood for his day. Poor parents. He owned only one garment that we know of in adulthood that Mary had made for him. And it was gambled for at the cross. He was so bad off that he never had a place to stay unless somebody took him in for the night. During his ministry, he slept out a lot. Slept in the wilderness. The reason Mary and Martha are so close, they always gave him a place to stay. Imagine the richest man in the universe looking for a place to stay at night. Because he divested himself for the sake of reaching you. And he could never get you to heaven remaining rich. It was in his poverty that he saved you. I'll have to become poor to reach poor sinners because you don't get any poorer than being a naked man on a cross and being mocked by six hours of cruel men. But I will divest myself. See, you can be a rich man and lose it a thousand different ways. The stock market can crash. It's what happened to Winston Churchill. He had lots of money. He was the son of Lord Randolph uh, Churchill. And so he had a lot of money in the American stock market. He lost it all in the 20s. He said he wrote to eat. He had to write. You can lose money for bad investments. You can lose money. All, but for the richest man with all knowledge, all omniscience, how can he ever get poor? He said, 
I vote myself voluntarily into poverty. He volunteered to become poor. But here's the thing that's moving. You don't get it, I don't get it. You don't get it, I don't get it. He said the whole reason for the financial decision was you. For you, I became poor. That through my poverty, you might become rich. And I just looked up Ephesians 1.9 where he says, we are partaking of the riches of his grace. Everything I get in salvation, I got through his poverty because his poverty led to the cross. So I set before you, children of God, Christianity is built on the poverty of God. The richest became the poorest that he could reach us and make us rich in salvation. That's my model, not Moses. It's why I'll never consider myself a great giver. How can I compare? Turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter four, uh, I believe chapter 12. Are you there? Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Look now at the giving of maybe the poorest offering in the New Testament. Jesus is with his disciples at the temple, and um, he takes a seat over by the offering plate. It's kind of interesting. What if Jesus was one of the ushers today and saw what you put in? He did see. He knows. But wouldn't you think Messiah's got more to do than to watch people give their offering? Verse 41. And he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Can you imagine? Amount to a cent. What she gave was basically one-eighth. And in Roman coinage, this is the smallest. But get this. One day's worth of wages was a denarius. One denarii. What she gave was equal to one-sixty-fourth of a day's wages. Now, now, if I knew this woman, I mean, would it not be, say, wait, reach in and at least give her a day's worth of wages out of the treasury chest, be good, feed the poor? Wouldn't you say, no? I, 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 I am surprised that Jesus didn't stop her or refund her money. Do something, Jesus. He doesn't stop her. Two little coins, you hear clink, clink. One sixty-fourth of a day's wages. That's how small it was. Now, but listen to what he said. Are you ready? Calling the disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. You must be kidding, Jesus. When Jesus is talking, he's not kidding. For they all put in out of their surplus. See, Buffett 
They get five million. That's out of his surplus. Gates, one million out of his. But we'd all be impressed. We'd publish their gift. We wouldn't publish this gift. Only God keeps a record of these kind. We wouldn't want to consume any paperwork to track giving this small. She put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on, which meant she had to go to work that day after being at the temple, giving her offering. She had to go and work for somebody that day to get anything to eat that evening. And Jesus said, God isn't as impressed with what we gave as with how much we've got left. The measurement of it. Someone said asking American Christians to give is like asking an overweight person to give up five pounds. They'll never miss it. Has your giving never hampered your lifestyle? Never has. Never has. The givers in our church have prospered the most. Matter of fact, uh, I... I'm like my brother that, uh, stop it, Lord. Quit blessing me so much because he just means I got to give more. And I don't really say that because I'm afraid he could arrange it. I, I could arrange that. Would you rather give out of abundance or does God have to keep you poor? God just wants you to give and know that the richest person gave everything. And by the way, he's going to share heaven with me. You wait till you get there. There'll be no poverty lines. There'll be no sick wards. And there won't be any welfare lines. And when you're there, you're rich. And Jesus made it possible. And then if you're here today and you feel intimidated about anything said about offerings, listen to me. Listen to me. God's not impressed with amounts as much as he is your heart. And he knows what you have. He knows what you'll have left. And this kind of giving he recorded in his word. And I just say to you, church, let us not become weary. Uh, let's keep doing it. We all never quit taking offerings until the rapture. And uh, that's why some of you want to see the rapture. Uh, and uh, there's just something that we've got to keep doing. The needs are great. But uh, keep giving. Don't be discouraged, and thank God that you have given. The leadership says on behalf of Jesus, thank you for underwriting a local lampstand that is no stronger than the people that support us and trust God for his resources. So we thank God for you, and we're going to give God glory for you. I'm going to do this every week. I've done enough preaching in this church. We could just recycle everything I've said. I mean, I could amen my own self. I finally got to hear myself preach. Wow. Well, thanks, Chris. You, you didn't hurt us at all. Chris Roscoe was able to put this together for us. And uh, I said, I'm not preaching Sunday. I've been as sick as a horse. Some of you. God just hasn't wanted to hear me preach lately. And so he knows how to lay you aside, doesn't he? But the word goes on. And I just uh, uh, challenge you, uh, 
some of you are, uh, we keep getting people that are coming to the church and you hear Mission Possible, these things. It's simply what it is. Uh, we have many dear people in this church that have chosen to give above their regular giving because we support a general fund and uh, that general fund underwrites most of this ministry. It's really our ministry fund. But you have given beyond that and uh, that's why that over 300,000 was applied to principal because we're trying to accelerate the payoff. We don't like to pay interest. Uh, by the way, on this new loan, the reason uh, the amount came down, we started at 2.6% interest. And uh, we'd been at a 4.5, I believe, something like that. And so uh, for the first time uh, in this building program is the light of the tunnel that if we were able to keep up our regular monthly payment we've been paying, uh, we see hope we could finally uh, burn the mortgage and uh, uh, I'll be 89 and uh, most of you will be in heaven. But, uh, you know, whatever, that's not what we live for. I I'm all into Jesus as my temple. And, and I'm a temple. I'm a living temple indwelt by the Spirit. But uh, we just want to save God's people's money because we want money to go into ministry as much as possible. But you've been our partners. You've given. You've given sacrificially. Over the last three years, I think Tim was telling me about nine to ten million, counting our general fund, our stewardship campaign. Uh, this congregation that we said, oh, we're not a wealthy church. No, we're not. But uh, would you believe that you people have given about nine million dollars over the last uh, three years? Um, yeah. I'm ready to start a Bahama fund for the pastors. <laughs> so uh, we just want to challenge you, uh, those that have never heard this, if you'd like to be a partner with us, we've got another year in this program, and then we'll go into another stewardship because it's what we're going to do until we pay it off. Uh, I, I tell you, the, the thing that's so depressing when I work with Jews for Jesus is they don't know anything about carrying paper on buildings. They just buy them. Uh, and uh, just to get the overhead off, of, I've seen that in the Bay Area Rescue Mission. Now God has let the capital just pay off buildings because they need money for the ministry. So we just ask you to join us, uh, pray with us. Uh, and if you've got the widow's might, bless your heart, don't you be ashamed. God isn't going to measure you by your amount. He, he sees your heart. And if you're rich, as I looked at scripture this week, I asked myself this question. Can anything I do on earth last for eternity? Anything I do on earth, one of Carolyn's favorite program is hoarders. And when I walk in our garage, I see why. Not really. We've cleaned it out quite a bit. But some of you, how many of you have an extra closet full of clothes that you haven't yet given to the rescue mission? Uh-huh. We got more stuff, more stuff, and none of it's going to transfer. None of your 401k is not going to transfer to heaven. But Jesus said, Jesus said, why don't you lay up treasures for yourself in heaven? 
Matthew 6. Is that true? He said in Philippians 4, your gift that you gave me is treasuring up something for you in heaven. 1 Timothy 6, he said, tell the rich not to be arrogant, but to be full of good works and invest their money where it will be treasured and something preserved for eternity. Yachts don't transfer. Vacations don't transfer. All the stuff we put on ourselves don't transfer. You can transfer stuff from earth to heaven if you'll invest in God's program. He said it. You look in the Word. Look up. Get a concordance, a little concordance. Look up the word treasure. The only things that transfer is our investment in people and our investment in the kingdom of God. And he said, you will not lose your reward. And I ain't lying, and I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm a Bible preacher. That's what the Bible says.